We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move out. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome on in to another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by Fanatics and T Public, where you can get some merchandise and support this show. Welcome on in. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we are once again here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been about a month or so, almost. Yeah, just seen about, us, almost. Seen yeah. us, heard us, all the above. Three, uh, three, three, four weeks, I guess that would be close to a month. But we are back, and in some ways we are better. Um, you did notice the new sponsorship at the opening of the show. I mean, you guys have always known about T Public and Fanatics, but we're no longer with uh, DraftKings due to uh, the Basketball Podcast Network going under. So no more Basketball Podcast Network. Uh, a couple of its networks within like the, the trifecta of what they had. They had basketball, football, and hockey. Only mm-hmm. hockey made it through. So Basketball yeah. Podcast Network is no more. Therefore, DraftKings is no more for us. You won't hear that anymore. But you, we still got our friends at T Public and uh, um, and Fanatics that we with that are still a part of everything that we're doing here and support this show. So uh, we'll give you some more information uh, on T Public and Fanatics, uh, more so in the middle of the show, like we used to do for DraftKings, instead of finishing off with reminders. So expect to hear that a bit earlier and the close will be a bit different than normal but just giving y'all a heads up on what's been happening with us so no more no more the intro won't be the same anymore it'll it'll kind of more so the same sound like this uh now introducing that it's uh, and it's brought to you by t public and fanatics uh so that's that's what you get to get used to hearing now for uh for the rest of these lowdown shows or for the behind the curtain a little bit Right. Yes, indeed. But uh, we are back. Definitely are better. I uh, got some time to, you know, get things together here and, and figure out the plan, you know, um, and and the direction for the, the rest of the season. You know, midway and, through, we don't expect a curveball like this. So, yeah, got to yeah, adjust. And, and on we also had, had, you know, quite a bit of we've been some busy bees, Drew, you and I. So yeah. I know we'll definitely be talking a little bit about that. But uh, I mean, we. we through, through no fault of anybody but ourselves with, with, you know, the lives we live and the things that we're responsible for. Um, but, you know, that's something that we promise won't happen again. Is that long of a break in between episodes. Yeah. If so, I mean, and you think about it, you think we were just like on vacation this whole time, guys. No. We weren't. We were, <laughs> no. we were doing stuff. I mean, just no. loaded every day. No yeah. time to squeak in a podcast for everybody. So, yeah. It looks I like mean, you, you even got a new location there. I mean, you you moving up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty nice house, right? Yeah, it's a really nice it's house. Very nice. <laughs> I'll let it fool you and think this is my bag. Uh, but yeah, we're we're back and, and ready to get rocking, ladies and gentlemen. Got a lot to talk about. This will be a jam-packed episode. A, a lot's been going on. We're not going to talk about everything, but a lot yeah. of stuff going on very recently is the is the 
the center of the topics uh, today. Uh, WNBA draft happened at the beginning of this week. Yep. Uh, you know, new faces and new places out there getting to try uh, the pro experience as collegiate players venture on into the W and NBA playing action in full swing. You know, the first round of it is already through. We know who the seven seeds are, and you know we're gonna pretty soon find out who those eight seeds are. It's been yeah, it's been night. rather interesting games so far, to say the least. And uh, we're gonna dig into the things in and around those uh, on the NBA side of things. Of course, we got BJ's best on tap. Uh, what's on Drew's mind? It's and on. that illustrious, famous game of with it or quit it that everybody loves so much. That's right. It's back. We've got a jam-packed episode. And Drew, I know you normally ask. I know we've done things a little bit differently, but I will go ahead and tell you I'm ready whenever you're ready to get mm. into it all. Well, I'm ready to go. I'm SpongeBob over here. I'm ready. So let's get it. So first and foremost, we want to talk NBA, and we're kind of centered around the play-in right now. You know, things started off mm-hmm. uh, on the west side of things. Um, you know, we had a couple of matchups uh, fighting for the seven seed. We had Lakers and, and Timberwolves and BJ the East matchup, Heat and Hawks. Yeah, you talk about a surprise with and, Atlanta. Yeah, because in the past, Heat, the Miami Heat have always dominated uh, the Atlanta Hawks, and Trey Young always has a rough time against Miami, and that was not the case this time around as they secure a seven seed and uh, send Miami to fight for their lives. Drew, I think this may be the first instance in NBA history where a team that won its division is going to finish in the lower in the playoff standings than the team in its own division. Mm. Because the Heat uh, one had the better record in the regular season than the Hawks did and won the division as a result. But because both were in the play-in tournament and the 7-8, with Atlanta winning that game, they'll be the 7, even if, he, if the Heat uh, win their playing game tomorrow night, which we'll talk more about here in a second. They, they can't be any better than eight. So this might be a first in NBA history. We've we had a quite a few firsts in NBA history here this week. Well, we're probably going to tack on another first with that because if Miami loses, will they be the first one that won their division that didn't make the playoffs? <laughs> probably, yeah. More than likely, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I mean, think that everybody be else, case. you know, back in the day before playing, it would pretty much be a shoe in like your spot is locked. You don't get to lose it. So they're, yeah. they're going to be the first of its kind. And it's crazy because this team was in the finals just a few years ago. I was about to say, do you, you really think they're going to, to lose to the Bulls, though? I mean, who knows? I didn't, At this I, didn't, point, I didn't necessarily expect Chicago to win last night because they've been such an up-and-down team for the past yeah. two years uh, with what they've had. Uh, so, I mean, it was really kind of up in the air was, what was going to mm-hmm. happen there. And if not for DeMar DeRozan's daughter, they probably <laughs> wouldn't have won because nobody misses that many free throws usually. No. We, and we've the got, Raptors were pretty abysmal. We've got a short montage. I was saving it for later on in the episode if you want to, unless you want to go ahead and play it now. Unleashed. Particular game, if he steps the wrong way or something. Visit to Florida State. Asked me, what did you Patrick said, I was down for whatever Coach Hamill. Underrated passer, doing a nice job. In terms of the total number or the yeah. quality of shots, I'm, com- I'm comfortable. Tell me life is really good for him right now. He's in a good headspace coming in. I, who, the handle is maybe not as tight. A 20-point advantage. This guy thinks he can do more offensively. The third and fourth periods. He always showed up to practice in a uniform, a work uniform. He can't. As I said, very much still the way he hangs in the air. 
check out if you're Chicago here. Ace. He went one for two, like the Raptors. Loose ball. Levine comes out of the pack with it. Check out. Oh, wow. Line drive. Never made it. Make sure they secure the defensive board here if it comes off. It does, and they do. Vucevic with the rebound, fouled by Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Why oh is this funny watching it back? Oh man! I know I would lose my mind in the game because I know that would probably mess me up. I'm not gonna lie. I was gonna say um, most of those were as... not were not in the process of actually shooting. Like they'd already started to release, and then she screams. It's like, like what can you do? Yeah, it just kind of you're not expect. You don't usually hear that. You know, it's not a high school game. You know, people don't no. do that anymore. Honestly, if that, you know, picked up and, like, people were screaming and, like, doing crazy things, like, even, you know, people try to distract behind, you know, the mm. goal or whatever for people to miss free throws. Uh, whatever. <laughs> and every 36 screams, 18 forced miss free throws. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But, yeah, <laughs> people behind the, you know, deal or whatever be waving their hands and everything. Yeah. Uh, trying to be distractions, you know, trying to be loud. So, ah, but it's nothing to – everything else being kind of subtle and kind of calm. And then the little girl screeching, right. As you're getting your hand up to flick your wrist with the basketball. Yeah. It's just, it, and I, I bet it scares some people. And I know yeah. some of those last free throws that like Siakam was shooting, like right as he was like turning his wrist, the squeal started. So like, you gotta almost kind of get, it'll, it'll throw you off. You'll think too much. And like a perfect free throw. Yeah. Front of the rim, like what you see, but it's hilarious yeah. to, to see that. And uh, and even more so amazing that it was they were actually just bonker in those things, just missing yeah. all of them legitimately. This, so, you know, the NBA has kind of introduced a couple things here with the playing tournament. They're going to that in-season tournament as part of the new CBA. Obviously, we won't necessarily talk about that as much. That's probably what we'll, we'll end up saving for, you know, our season preview next year is, is kind of the differences from um, this year to next year. But that's one thing, and, and we'll talk about this and something else in comparison. In, in wanting to be more like the college game, that's something that you'd see more at the college game is, is you know, like that many missed free throws and the crowd really, you know, at least in this case, it would it being DeRozan's daughter, uh, but the crowd really wreaking havoc and playing a factor. And you just don't see that that often at the professional level enough um, that, that it would make a difference like that. Man, funny, funny enough, I think you're going to see this happen in the next two play-in games <laughs> that, that, you know, it's, it's gone viral now. So, I mean, like all yeah. the little girls or little kids around the world done seen it. I mean, if you got a, if you got a, a rich parent or a, uh, an NBA player dad and you're sitting courtside, you could be the next uh, little DeRozan who goes yeah, viral and makes a, whole bunch of, makes a whole bunch of people miss free throws. So, um, <laughs> Who knows? Who who knows what's gonna happen? But you know that may be the disadvantage to the Chicago Bulls now coming in to face Miami. They ain't got DeRozan's daughter. She's got. I was, just about, I was just about to say she was able to to sweet talk her way into missing school for the the game on uh, Wednesday. But I don't believe she's gonna be able to to do that on Friday and for the game in Miami. Yeah, she ain't gonna make it out for that one. She ain't gonna but, make it out for that one. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about with those 7-8 matchups, it was not something that we expected the Atlanta Hawks to go in there and win. Uh, I know you saw that uh, 
Shaq and Chuck had a, a billion dollar bet that Chuck has to pay out to Shaq now because he said put any number on any like a billion dollars that the Heat were going to beat the Hawks. I don't know if they were serious on that one. I feel like uh, they might have been, but they it didn't seem like like okay, yeah, a billion. All right. And I don't I mean, remember. I don't if think Shaq, I don't like, think came Shaq back and was like, "Where's my money?" He, he I think he was he kind of you know poked at him a bit with it, yeah. but I don't think they were serious because I don't think Shaq thought that Atlanta was going to yeah, like you hear a billion, but like ain't nobody being serious about a billion dollars. Like, yeah. nobody's that sure about especially a random NBA yeah. basketball team. No. Yeah, I was about they, to say unless you're unless you're trying to buy the Washington Commanders, who has a spare billion dollars around oh, for a sporting good. thing? Yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, at least they're finally getting sold. But uh, yeah, yeah the, the matchups and what I really wanted to dive to was uh, the Lakers. And the, the Timberwolves, one of the first ones that went on. Mm-hmm. Because... This was the one that felt like a college game, and especially in that fourth quarter. The, oh, the yeah. scoring drought that Minnesota was on, it felt like De'Aaron Fox would have turned this game off in disgust and be like, what kind of basketball is this? This is a mockery of the sport. Horrendous. Oh, but man. It was a, it was a man. It was it was one of those bad good games or those yeah. good bad games, whichever way you want to flip it is just one of those yeah. that like ended up having a lot of good things within it, but like it was bad too. So if you yeah. watch it, anybody that saw it, you know what we're talking about. But you know, a lot of players showed up in that game, but somebody that didn't really show up is Anthony Edwards. He had a pretty rough going of it uh, against the Lakers. Um, you know, he he's gotten a lot of. Uh, flack on on twitter and you know on the media just in general he had a had a pretty rough night didn't really get anything going three for 17 shooting from the field and just nine points you know the type of score that anthony edwards is didn't even reach digits in this playing uh matchup here you know uh t wills were without uh rudy gobert uh, for the matchup and a couple of other players but you know we're still very much very much in it through the entirety of the game here, but couldn't yeah, they, really get they, any help from. They Ant were leading by double digits in that game. Like I, I yeah. this is like you talk about a team that has definitely like underperformed compared to where we thought they might be. I, I think you were pretty spot on with them. I, I I went back and and looked at at some of our preseason predictions. We'll we'll probably be looking back at that in a future video uh, here pretty soon. But um, you know, I went back and and looked and. And we were kind of lower on the the T Wolves even with the acquisition of Gobert, but yep. you know still had them kind of riding around in this range. Um, it just you know they they blew I believe their eleventh or twelfth game this season that they had a double digit lead in. That's by far the most by any team in the NBA. And and you know the thing I have to ask in overtime with a chance to to tie there and, and possibly send the game to over into double overtime. You know, Conley's going out to the right corner for the tie-breaking shot or for the potential game-tying shot. But they kick it to Torian Prince, who had a pretty good game. But why is Torian Prince taking that shot over Mike Conley when you know you need a three? Yeah, you know, I get he had a decent game from three. You know, most of that is, you know, some of that is from LeBron leaving him just absolutely wide open. Yeah, four of seven. Yeah, and we hope you knock those down. Um, so, and I know at least two of those were wide open. So, I mean, you take a, you know, you take a two for five actually right there. Uh, that's just saying the rest of those weren't completely wide open, you know, just assuming, yeah. you know, and 40% isn't bad or anything, but you know, that's, that's probably one of those outlier nights from Torian Prince, you know, shooting pretty well 
from three. Yeah. Uh, but just in moments like that, that are really kind of deciding part of your season and put you either in the playoffs already or still fighting for it. Uh, you you want to go for guys that can really knock it. Heck, I might have even had Ant shoot the shot, you know, as opposed to Tory and Prince. You know, yeah. Prince was open, and you know, you want the best look. But if you could have gotten something to Conley, maybe 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 do that instead. I I, I don't remember the rest of the play. I, I remember Torian had a good shot. He's yeah, he had, he had a good look. Conley was getting open in the corner. But I also think they went too quick. I think if you are oh, Minnesota, yeah. I know you've got the fast break. But you're going to want to, instead of you know trying to give the Lakers another shot at the win, potentially, you want to take that down. And you know even if you just get a two and then you have to foul again, you need points. You get a steal, you're not going to be able to do that again. You know This is a team we're talking about that had you know nine points with, in the fourth quarter with a second to go and luckily got it to overtime because Anthony Davis closed out and fouled Mike Conley on a three and, and – Conley barely snuck in the first free throw and then made the last two um, just to get it to that extra session. But I just, I don't understand, at least in that instance, you know, there was a discrepancy with, with how many free throw attempts the Lakers were getting. They got into the bonus really early in that, that fourth quarter drew. I, I think it was like with nine or 10 minutes left, they were already in the bonus and Minnesota didn't shoot a free throw in the second half until those three that Conley hit with a tenth of a second to go. Mm, wow. Yeah, it was it was gross. Yeah, and it's kind of sickening that last second foul on Anthony Davis. Like mm, in that it's the moment, right call. Ah, man, ah, it is by the book. Like he did bump him a little bit, yeah. but it's like, is it enough to blow the whistle? Like the shot well, was already so, off. He landed. I don't so, know. Here, here's the thing. So. We talked about this with the Super Bowl. We saw this in in the NCAA tournament as well with that Creighton San Diego State game, where they're you know these are the right calls, you know by the the book. I, I wouldn't begin to tell you how they were calling, you know, throughout that game. Although although you know they were everything, not everything, but more more so the Lakers were able to draw fouls in that second half than the Timberwolves were. So I, I don't really have a good baseline compared to what the other two were. You know, it's a right call by the book, but in that game they hadn't been calling those. This one it feels a little bit differently because I think they had been, and since that's the right call, and it did feel a little bit more like it was a, a you know, not slanted, if you will, but there were more calls that were drawn by the Lakers than by the, the Wolves in that game. I would have hated to be the official in position having to make the call. I would have oh, yeah. not minded being one of the others that like, oh, when you want to go look at this, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, that was the right call alongside yeah. him. But like making it in the moment, I'd be like, I'd be hesitant on my whistle maybe. But, you know, I, yeah. I totally agree. And, you know, Anthony Davis was the more so one in the wrong by just closing out a little too far. And like, you can't make contact in a moment like that on a clear yeah. three. Yeah, uh, so, that's what they say is don't foul, especially not in the process of shooting. Yeah, yeah, man. Like if he makes a crazy three, like you know that the one that created Luca Magic in Portland, mm-hmm. something like that, falling away, he deserves. You just got to tip your cap. Yeah, and you just like you go play overtime. There's nothing you can do about that crazy stuff that goes you know over the corner of the backboard and you just just goes in. You don't know how. Yeah. Uh, or or you know Kawhi like shots. You know mm-hmm. to to take his team to the finals back yeah. in nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, things like that happen. You, you just got to let that – you got to let them let that fly. I mean, if you can contest it without fouling, do it. But 
But if it's too close, then you just you just gotta let it you just gotta let them let it fly. Yeah, I don't agree. They're already running out of bounds anyway, and we've only seen like pretty much two of its kind doing things like that for threes. Yeah, and it's Luca and Kawhi over the last like five years. So yeah, and even Kawhi's I thought was a two. I know it was in that same corner, but I thought his foot was inside the perimeter. I can't remember. Probably. But wait, it's it it's really been close. you know it's been like four or five years now, obviously. Yeah, since that yeah. happened. Yeah, and if you could point to another one that was a baseline running and falling away out of bounds like that, you only only people that would come to mind Kobe, and maybe mm-hmm. a D Wade just because you know that's his that's his kind of spot over there. But yeah. but yeah, man, it was ridiculous there. But you know, I'm just I'm surprised Anthony Edwards was a no show. You know, had a had a pretty good season and continues to you know, get better as a player. He just, it was just one of those nights, you know, maybe he's going to turn up in this second game, but, you know, I was surprised to see him kind of not show up uh, to the game. It's not like he wasn't trying. He, he was definitely putting forth effort on both ends of the yeah. floor, you know. It just was one of those nights his stuff wasn't going down. Like, one of those drive Every- layups to the to the rack, it, it looked Kyrie-esque. It just had a little too much English on it and bounced off, Yeah, you know, off the back. Everybody the from Minnesota was struggling in that second half to get points. It was like they put yeah. a lid on it, and, and Minnesota couldn't figure out how to – open up the pudding cup and, and, you know, put the spoon in or something. It was just, I, I don't think I've seen NBA team struggle like that with good looks. I mean, there weren't, I mean, there were some contested shots, but they did have good looks and they just couldn't make them. I just, yeah. that's so it's, it's tough, but like you said, I mean, the benefit of being in that seven, eight game, if you win, you're automatically in, but if you lose, you don't, you're not officially eliminated. You get another chance at it. Yeah. And one of the play-in games that we hadn't really talked a whole bunch about right now is that uh, that Pelicans Thunder one. That was a really um, good game too. Where the, where the position the Mavs should have been in if they had not tanked at the last second. But <laughs> I, we won't get into the Mavs. We, I was gonna say we we could talk about that. That that's another, another conversation. Time, another time. Yeah. But yeah, the OKC Thunder, you know, in a position to make the playoffs when you know you got this, you know, probably the youngest team in the league. And, you know, one of their top draft picks, their top draft pick is not even with yeah. them right now. It's just SGA and a bunch of dudes. Yeah. You know, one one that's, you know, in competition for rookie of the year. He won't get it because yeah. Paolo's going to get it. But Yeah. Fantastic um, year from him. Fantastic. And, you know, the team's just kind of making things happen. And they're working. You know, everything's blending right. SGA is an all-NBA uh, level player. I mean, it's really kind of surprising to see OKC in this position and to overcome the Pels, even though they're down to Zion. They still have a, they still had a lot of weapons, you know. Yeah, Bi was out there. He had a good game. Uh, McCollum, you know, on the team, he made some crucial mistakes late, but you know, Valanciunas as well. You know, they have some guys that you know they can get it done, and and they they had a decent bench, but the drop off without Zion is is pretty crazy because they were like. They were flirting in the top four of the Western Conference when he was healthy and 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 having his uh, good season earlier in the year. But as soon as he, you know, had been gone with injury, this team was just not the same anymore. And you know, he was out there warming up in pregame, looking like he he looked all right. But you know, yeah. had interviews was like eh, well, I don't think I'm 100. So I'm not. Gonna I was go gonna say I've I've got this quote here from him. So physically, I'm fine now. It's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I understand the magnitude of these games coming up and I don't want to be out there hesitating or doing something that may affect my team in a bad way, but I'll counter with it's the playoffs. And yeah, if you not he's... playing is a team is, a, is affecting your team in a negative way. Zion. Yeah, I, I, I know that 
I know that that you know he doesn't want to play unless he feels 100% like himself. I can appreciate that, but you know at this this point, this is you know this is why we we saw LeBron seemingly come back from an injury that should have kept him out from the rest of the year and, you know, help the, the Lakers, maybe not as much as, as he normally has had to in the past, but he's definitely helped them to get to where they are now. Um, um, I want to jump in here because LeBron, it's almost an unfair comparison to throw LeBron versus. Oh, I, I know. I, I'm not is just is otherworldly, like a million dollars a year on his body. So yeah. that doesn't surprise me that he, no. came back and is doing what he's doing and what also doesn't surprise me though is all it's about zion it's just he's being true to his brand right now i mean zion yeah. he did this last year in the play-in yeah. when when he was hurt and i mean um i don't know if he was at the level to playing in the way that he was probably this year but i'm pretty sure he warmed up last year in that play-in and was doing dunks this looks it looked all too familiar yeah. so Unfortunately, it's just another though, one of those years that Zion, I guess, just seems like he really has to be at least 90%, maybe, or 95 or yeah. 100 to want to go back out there. Yeah. Because during the pregame warmups, like, you know, maybe a step slow or just a little bit slower than 100%. But, like, yeah, he looked like he could help the team. He looked like he could have helped them win. You know, I understand that, you know, not wanting to get out there in case of re-injury or whatever, but like he, like the quote said, he said he feels fine. I mean, if you feel fine, you should be playing. Mm-hmm. I if agree. You feel, if you feel pain or you feel hurt, then I understand. But if you said, I feel fine, you should have been on that court playing and helping your team. And it, you know, I got to bash down on Zion here as a, as a Duke Blue Devil fan. Like, come on, man, get it together. Get your butt out there and play your, your Duke teammate. Well, I mean, y'all didn't play together, but. Your Duke alumni there, B.I.'s out there busting his butt. You go out there and give him, what, 15 points as Zion? That's a dub. Or yeah. even be a distraction, frankly. If, if you, you know? even get 10 in that game, that's a Pelican dub. Yeah, I, I mean. I, so they're, they're not going to be able to go on the run like they did last year, make it to that eighth and final spot, and, and give Phoenix really a run for their money. Um, but give credit to Oklahoma City because, you know, oh, yeah. not, not just Oklahoma City, but Chicago. Th- these are the first – we saw nobody had won as a 10 seed in the playing tournament before last night. And then both 10 seeds go on the road and, and do it in the same night with, with Chicago winning uh, and in Toronto and OKC winning in New Orleans. And that was a great game with, with the Thunder and the Pelicans. And um, you, like you said, you just got to tip your cap because, you know, nobody expected the Thunder to be in this position where the now a win away with, with all the young talent that they've got and all the picks that they still have remaining on the table that they are, you know, going to be cashing in on because of, of trades of Chris Paul and Paul George and all that, you know, going back to the 2019, 2018 seasons, you know, this is a good team that is going to get it figured out and, and they're going to be a dangerous bunch here the next few years for sure. Yeah. And last but not least on the NBA side of things, B just want to see, but your thoughts on these play-in statistics, you know, we're multiple years into the play-in now. We've seen the product. We see that people like it. It works. You know, I was skeptical about it and whatnot, but I'm it's working. I'm still skeptical people, about it. People like it. I, I'm, I'm still skeptical, of course, but, I yeah. mean, people are liking it. You know, there's hype around it. You know, the games have been good. The, the NBA just doesn't have a reason to get rid of it, so they won't. Um, 
But well, I think if anybody is going to give them a reason to get rid of it, it's Mark Cuban and the Mavericks who actively did not want to be a part of it and would rather. I have... thought we were going to save that. I well, well, we we are. We're, we're not going to go in depth about it. I'm just make that as a yeah. as a point. Um, but yeah, I, I I've liked it so far. I mean, you saw Zach Levine's great performance that we got a clip from uh, as well that we can show. But I, I wanted you didn't get a chance to ask your question, I guess. Uh, yeah, I was just, you know, kind of mentioning, well, I don't even know if it's necessarily a question now, but, um, you know, the play-in stats, like, what are you going to do with them? You know, we're a couple of years in, and that also maybe puts on the back burner burner for the possibility for the NBA to actually scrap it, because they're still viewing it as kind of a test, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe that's why they have, haven't created a definitive system for recording the numbers for those games, um, because I feel like there should be something now because they won't count them as playoff stats. And I mean, it's not the regular season, yeah. but, it, but it doesn't even get put as its own statistic. You know, there's box was, scores and everything, but you, know, you can't thinking. go on online and search, you know, play in tournament from last year. Probably, yeah. You know, I was going to say, I, I, I think, I don't think it should be its own thing, but if you want this to be a part of the playoffs without actually being playoffs, the one through eight, then it's got to count for players' postseason career statistics. It's not a regular season game. It does help with the seeding of the playoffs, but I, I mean, there, if you want this to be a legitimate thing and keep it going for years to come, it's it's got to be, you know, it's got to be counted as such. I don't know what their kind of trial was, how long they plan to do the play-in before they decide whether they're going to keep it or not. I, I imagine they're keeping this data somewhere stashed. So, like, yeah. if they do, they'll be like, okay, here's they can 2021, 2022, yeah, and 2023. So, um, I, I don't think yeah, they're getting they rid incorporate. of it. I think, I, I, if anything, you're going to have to create play-in stats, and then they keep it forever. Or it's going to get yeah. scrapped in a year or two. Which well, I feel like if, if you're gonna if you gotta decide on it after this year because we're what three three years in of the play in yeah um so you I feel like you gotta you gotta make you gotta make a decision now because there's a bunch of these stats right now from all these little games that you're not doing anything with you're not making them playoffs you're not making them regular season and they don't have a definitive system for themselves you yeah. either got to keep that play in and give them a system or scrap the play in but yeah. I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to. That you know, the, we can talk about this. The only reason that we have this is because of Phoenix and the run they went on in the bubble, nearly making it into the postseason, um, in in the in the twenty twenty bubble part yeah. of the, the of the season. Um, you know, without not for that, and seeing how a team that was so far back when the season paused nearly make a run into the playoffs in that bubble atmosphere, I don't think we'd have this, and I really don't think that we really needed it but i think they're going to double down on it with the in-season yep. tournament coming in next year you know they want more and more aspects of that i don't know if that's the right move but i, I really don't think that they're going to get rid of it so I, I think at this point you've just got to go in and, and retroactively count it towards these players postseason careers or or like you said add it as its own separate entity although with it being you know uh you've got what five games total six games total each year for for the plan with two, two six. so the two two yeah six, six games um yeah they i think they got to double down on it um i think you definitely need to just go 
go all in with it, especially because I think there's a real possibility of, you know, one of these 10 seeds, you know, making it into the playoffs. And, you know, if that happens, then it's like, oh, well, all the more reason to keep the play in. So teams mm-hmm. like that can keep having a chance to make it in. And yeah. then especially more so if one of them has a first round upset. I mean, I don't see mm-hmm. a 10 seed that makes the eight seed upsetting one of the ones. Um, I mean, yeah. Minnesota has an eight seed versus Denver. I mean, that that might be a little bit more fun than uh Jokic, Jokic would like it to be. Yeah. Um but um although Jokic versus Giddy could be fun. It makes me I, giddy to think about. No, I, I and, and, I, and I definitely think you know the Lakers possibility is the most enticing thing for the league because if they get out of the first round, I mean like that's already a reason to keep the playoffs and you know they they have but a they, genuine they, chance of making a run to the finals too. Here's, they, here's they the thing them. though. Here's the thing though, Drew. The Lakers would have been in the postseason already before without the play-in tournament and under the old system. The only teams that this is going to benefit if if they go on a run. I mean, obviously you had Atlanta who would have been in as well, but they would have had a different matchup as opposed to getting Boston. It's really only going to benefit like New Orleans last year if they had beaten Phoenix, Oklahoma City, or Chicago this year. You know, it's it's punishing the Clippers from last year. It would punish. I think the... they're taking it year by year, though, and they're not comparing it to the to the prior formats or like the old seasons. Like, you know, whatever they can use recently to you know keep them going about it. That's why I'm saying, like, the more success the Lakers have right now, it's more reason to keep the play in. And yeah. you know, same thing for as if a ten seed makes it or even gives a one seed run for their money once they make it. You know, that's yeah. that's reason even this year alone. Because I mean, if you compare it against last season, you you won't have many you know, such scenarios to where you could, you could use, you know, all that to give you more reason to keep the play in. Yeah. So, but who knows? I think it's here yeah. for at least right now and some waves from this year's play in and playoffs will make it even stay longer. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for BJ's best now. Well, I do have something I wanted to play as part of the NBA talk, but I'll just, I'll, I'll move it over to BJ's best and add to what I had already there so like i said earlier we were talking about some preseason predictions i went back and i just i want to you know i don't want to upset anybody but i thought this was too funny to not share is probably the the thing that we were most wrong about in the preseason prediction uh back in uh well i guess you'd go back to october of the 2022 season because uh this was before the, the nba season started so here we go. And I think we'll probably agree on this one. Just missing out. Number 11, just outside the playoff bubble, Sacramento. Yep, same one right yeah, there with unfortunate, you. Unfortunately for the Kings, it's it's not going to end just quite yet. But, you know, they're getting better. They're getting better. They're getting there. It's just, I mean, who, who are you going to pick against in, in this the last 10 teams here? You know? The Grizzlies. Yeah. Grizzlies, I don't think they'll be as surprisingly good as they were last year. I mean, they won so many games without their star. It just didn't make sense. Um, I don't know if that consistency will stay there because, you know, you know, Clippers coming back, that full unit, you know, Warriors are still there. Nuggets get Jamal Murray back. Mavericks are still Mavericks and things like that and other teams. So I think the Grizzlies might be at the bottom of that uh, totem pole because all those other teams – basically veteran teams and then then the grizzlies yeah. pop out and unless they are that team they they would have to become like kind of how the warriors seem to overnight and be those guys to move move yeah. way up my totem pole 
Yeah, I I, I I think that's very fair. I had the Grizzlies also at seven. I think they're going to regress just yeah. a bit. I don't think they're going to be number two, uh, just because of, you know when you've got as many teams that we're going to talk about here in the top six that are looking the part and everything like that. It's tough to think that, yeah, they can absolutely be competitive and they can be a playoff team, but they're not going to be number two again. They're they're just right. not. It's it's going to be very tough for them to get back to that high. <laughs> oh man! So, so oh, Sacramento and Memphis, we uh, we really, uh, you know, blew it there. <laughs> tough. Only did Sacramento not miss the postseason for the first time since 06-07. They're the three seed, and Memphis was not the seven seed in the play-in tournament. They were the two seed again. Well, I at least had some recovery on my end because I was like, if they do do that, then they're that team. I so know. basically, I'm saying that they, they did it again. They they really, the yeah, they really molded themselves into that next kind of that Golden State level. Now the next step is to get past the second round, try to make it to a conference finals or even the NBA finals, like the Warriors were able to do. Uh, with when Steph and, and Iggy and, and Clay and, and Draymond won that first title back in 2015. But if they lose to the Lakers, they're fakers. Um, I'm, I, I, I know we, we're not necessarily going to talk about it as much. I, I thought maybe we might want to, but I, I think the Lakers, the more and more I look into that, I think the Lakers could pull that series off. I, I really do. I, think I really think they could. That's, that's going to be a fun watch for sure. Uh, I'm excited for that, but. Anyway, so BJ's best. Obviously, I always like to poke fun at myself. Um, but uh, one thing that I wanted to say uh, as part of BJ's best, and it's great timing because this just wrapped up, and I can go ahead and say it. For the first time since 1987, we have an MLB team that has tied a major league oh, record man. with 13 straight wins to start the season the tampa bay rays yeah have not only have they won every game so far they're 13 and 0 now they have won all but two by four or more runs that's the uh so you know they they had started the streak with nine in a row before they uh won a one nothing game on monday night um but yeah, this is the this ties the longest season opening winning streak of all time. It was the the nine in a row to start the season was the second longest winning streak at any point during a season by four or more runs. It tied a second most in MLB history. They're they're just playing really good baseball right now, Drew. And with the uh, let's see, that was a nine to three win today over uh, Boston. I had that pulled up watching that. Uh, it's a new longest winning streak ever by the Rays. They they won 12 in a row back in 2004, but they tie the 82 Atlanta Braves and the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers for the longest season opening winning streak in MLB's modern era at 13 and 0. So this is just you know they they nothing went according to plan today for the Rays, Drew. They lost their starter in the third or the fourth inning, but they still were able to rally with seven runs in the fifth to get the victory. I saw you put your finger up. Yes. Did those teams 
win the World Series? So the 82 Braves and the 87 Brewers, I don't believe they did. Hmm. I, I'm going to double check on that. But uh, let's see here. I was just 19... wondering if it was one of those stats like, oh, these two teams that happened to go undefeated to start the season 12-0 and 0 or whatever went on to win the World Series that year. So the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers ended up finishing third in their division with a record of 91-71. and 71. So they got off to a great start. Uh, but weren't able to, to capitalize on it. And the 1982 Braves drew, as I look real quick, they finished with a record of 89 and 73. They didn't make the postseason. That was a, a first place finish in the NL West, but they lost in the NLCS, the, the National Championship Series, to the St. Louis Cardinals. So hmm. one of the two teams did make the postseason and, and was – uh, a series away from winning, from getting to the World Series, but the um, the other one did not even make the postseason. So I think this Tampa Bay team, they, they've got a, a tough schedule coming up here with Toronto on the road this weekend. Later on in the month of April, they've got series with the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. So obviously nobody's thinking about the possibility of 162-0, but you've got to give credit where credit's due in – this Tampa Bay team accomplishing something that had only been done twice before with their win today at making it 13 straight wins to start the season. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And so, it's funny that only one of the teams that had done that before made the playoffs. So this yeah. is whether this team's going to buckle in the middle of the season and not win as many games as it probably should. So another just wild stat for the Rays so far this year uh, they have only trailed. I'm, I'm going to make sure I get this uh, for sure here. They have only trailed coming into today in five of their first 108 innings. Uh, they made that six today before they took the lead in the bottom of the fifth inning with a seven spot and well on their way to win. So you add in a plus six to their run differential and they are plus 71 uh, ahead of all of their opponents, which uh, which didn't include today, but their plus 65 run differential in the first 12 games of the season is the third best in Major League Baseball history. Oh, so it's it's the third out of those so, of the two teams. The, the run differential. I don't know if, if those first two hey, uh, still 80, mean something. The 82 Braves had a better run differential. Uh, but it, it is interesting to, to see how long this streak can go for the Tampa Bay Rays because, you know, I, I, go ahead. Uh, are the Rays the team with that rookie that's had that hitting streak too? No, that's the, that's the St. Louis Cardinals. You're Cardinals. talking about uh, Walker, right? Uh, yeah. Luis Walker, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he's doing pretty good too, but he's, he's not on this, uh, not uh, on this, uh, this team for Tampa, but they, they've gotten really good pitching. Uh, and it's just been really interesting to watch because, you know, before the season, I had Tampa Bay as a playoff team in out of the major leagues, but I wouldn't have expected this this start to the season. I don't think anybody really would have. You know, they're right. playing kind of like at a video game level right now that we've only seen two other teams all time match. Is it almost to the level of unexpected of what you saw from the Mariners last year? No, because I had the Mariners making the postseason because of how close they were in 2021. Now, when they came out of almost seemingly nowhere 
in 2021 and almost kind of matches that. But Tampa Bay, you know, has been consistently the past few years a, a threat in the playoffs. They were, you know, in the American League Championship Series uh, in, I think, in, in 2021. I know they made the World Series in 2020 in the, uh, the pandemic season that was uh, all played at, at Globe Life Field in Arlington where the Dodgers ended up winning that championship. Um, but you know, this, this was only the, like, this was a team that I expected to, you know, be behind both Toronto and New York in the American league East, but still be a playoff team. So they've gotten off to a fantastic start. And I'm really curious as to see how long they can go. If they win tomorrow against the blue Jays, new MLB record for the longest winning streak to open a season. Nice. Yeah. So They are certainly playing at a level that is good enough to call BJ's best this week, Drew. Indeed. Impressive. Impressive. Absolutely. I like it. You know what else you like? Hmm. I like this shirt I'm wearing from our friends over at Tee Public. I like it, Repping the merch. Repping the merch. I like it too, BJ. And I got to get a new one because I told you I accidentally ruined mine. Yeah, I heard you say that. I'm going to be in the market for an an order for a new lowdown shirt. I I saw they might be having a sale or they had a sale recently. I don't know if I missed it. They did have it recently. It was while we were gone. It was was during this past week. Uh, No sale Mm -hmm. online right now for Tee Public, unfortunately. But ladies and gentlemen, no worries. Uh, you can get the gift of free shipping instead. So T Public's always got something for you. If it's not on sale, we got free shipping for you. So free shipping on all orders that are eighty dollars or more, which it doesn't take too much to get that once you get a few things in stockpile or if you're buying for the whole fam. Yeah. Uh, visit the link in our distri- in our description and get your lowdown merch today. Yeah, that's right, Drew. And and with the NBA and NHL playoffs are you know, set to begin. There's only one place to go. If you want to get official playoff merchandise, that's over at our friends at fanatics. You still got time. If you're a fan of the men, the men's basketball team, UConn Huskies, or those LSU women, the repping the national championship merch, they've still got time. Baseball season's underway. Adley Rushman crushing a walk-off home run. Maybe you want to get some Baltimore Orioles gear or, you know, this weekend drew, 76th anniversary of Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. I was looking at the Fanatics website earlier today and saw some really sweet gear that I was thinking of ordering uh, in honor of Jackie Robinson this weekend. I've got a a Jackie shirt that I'll probably be repping on Saturday when I am at it. I'm going to be at Globe Life Field, in fact, on Saturday. So I I think that is going to have to be something that I put on underneath my work shirt. So, you know, NFL drafts a couple weeks away. You can get the same hats that those prospects are going to be wearing on draft night. And whether, of course, like I said, if you're getting some playoff merch, you're rocking with the Lake Show, repping the Bucks. maybe those Dallas Stars primed for a deep run themselves. Fanatics is the only place to get officially licensed merchandise. Right now you can get free shipping on orders over $24 by using the promo code 24SHIP at checkout. Of course, that is U.S. only. So, Drew fanatics.com officially licensed everything that's the best place you can go to find your team's gear and drew i really hope what's on your mind is is copping some championship gear but i'll, I'll ask you what's on your mind this week hey 
what's on Drew's mind, ladies and gentlemen? It's tough because there was a lot of things and the one that was actually going to have for this, I forgot. But for this segment today, what's on Drew's mind is music that brings up memories. Yeah. And BJ, we all have those songs that bring up memories, whether they're good, bad, or just something you don't normally think of until you hear that. That's Mm -hmm. a a memory, whether it's an event, a birthday, whatever. Uh, Everybody has those songs. And there are some songs that, you know, will bring up a memory, the same type of memory for everybody. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to see if some of these songs rang true to you, which I hope these aren't too loud. And I also hope that you can hear them. Uh, I'm going to play a couple of songs and then I'll continue with what's on Drew's mind. Okay. As this ad goes by, because you know I don't have YouTube Premium. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't even hear the ad, so yeah, cool. But um, I was gonna say if you asked me beforehand, we could have popped this in here backstage, and we could have. I know, I know. It's all good. I'll see if I can skip ahead a little bit. Can you hear it? Somewhat. Yeah. Well, I lost it. What about now? Yeah, I, I think it cuts out when you stop talking, though, but I don't know oh, for sure. Oh, man. But I can hear it. I just can't understand what oh. it is. Is it Dang. the Arms of the Angel song? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, I could, okay. I could hear that part. Sorry, I was, I was no. trying to get to the part to just play that because nobody, yeah. no, most people don't remember the lyrics, but they hear the arms of the angel part. So yeah. when you hear in the arms of the angel, where do you, you usually hear that you, song? You, you hear that with the Sarah McLaughlin commercial with all the, 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 the animals that are, you know, like they're cold or, or, or whatnot. The, the oh. ones that are for ASPCA, I think. At least okay. that's what I always, that's what I always <laughs> think of. Okay, so there's two things that you can think of. <laughs> Initially, when you hear this song, that Sarah McLaughlin commercial, yeah, and being at a funeral, you usually hear this song. At I have a not heard this at a funeral before. Really? No, oh, man, I've heard this at so many. Man, so many. But I mean, it makes song. sense yeah. with the way that with the the Sarah McLaughlin commercial, it's almost like, please yeah. help before these animals die. Oh yeah, they they get just yeah. so so sad, and they always yeah. happen at like six a.m. or whatever. And those commercials blow. Yeah. And uh, there's another one. I hope I don't know if you can hear this, which I guess maybe I should have just popped it in the stream yard <laughs> thing. Good. But it's we'll see good. if this is loud enough to where you can hear it. I'm just trying to. I'm trying. The Monday Night Football theme. Yes, yes. This is another one of those things that you know sports fans that you know, and when you hear it, like, oh, you know, oh, Monday Night Football, oh, foot, NFL football, you know, thinking that and just. That's iconic. That's and that's something that uh, I was a friend and I were talking about just the other day. Is like you know what the best iconic like song. You know when you hear Round Ball Rock, of course you're gonna think of basketball. Like even though NBC hasn't had uh, basketball coverage in in decades now, you know you hear that. It's it's basketball, man. That's a basketball song. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just where I'm going with this and, you know, those two, you know, songs like we know we think of Monday Night Football and then we think of a funeral or the Sarah McLaughlin commercial. <laughs> yeah. um, 
because I've, I've just had a lot of songs that I've listened to lately and, and some over the past year that have either, you know, either bring up memories for me or end up getting memories attached to them, whether mm-hmm. it be good or bad. And some yeah. of those, you know, I have, I have both good and bad. Um, and it stinks because like, you know, some of those, like I have bad memories with good songs mm-hmm. and it's just like, dang, like, this is a really good album, but like it's such bad memories that come flooding through my, or, like some bad memories come through my head when I listen to it. So like, you know, when I left uh, my old job and like the things that, you know, went down with that and how stressful that was for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got there, uh, Co Wetzel, he came out with a new album at the beginning of September called Hell Paso. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed Cole Wetzel's music, you know, I dance or whatever. And then, you know, this album came out and I was really, I was listening to it all the time at work, you know, just to, you know, that's what I like to do when the new album comes out. So, you know, the songs or whatever. So yeah. I was, I was jamming it all, all the time, you know, every day, putting it mostly in rotation. Sometimes I would switch to something else if I had listened to it like a bajillion times, mm-hmm. just to switch something up for just a brief second. But, you know, that album was stuck in my head out there. And, you know, every time I was on the golf cart going out to take pictures or whatever, I was listening to that still, too. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I was listening to it uh, the other day and I was and and I've done this multiple times with this album before, just because, like, I like to listen to it. But as soon as I listen to it, I'm like, dang, it just reminds me of being out at the old job and you know on the course and some of the bad memories that come with it not not all yeah. these specific memories come up but you know the place that where i was when i used to listen to the song that's mm-hmm. you know a memory that always pops up um and uh you know some old songs that i listened to in my my freshman year of college that like i no longer listen to anymore but like if i hear it again i'm like oh man that's 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 that song from that one night when we was going behind the apartment doing all kinds of whatever you know it's just, <laughs> yeah it's literally like uh sleeping with sirens if you can't hang that's one of the songs uh that you know i i've heard recently to pop back up because i was in a car full of some of my friends uh we were doing uh x knows what um <laughs> and um you know, just one of my friends was a drummer and he knew how to play that song, like, you know, on, you know, on, on drums. So, uh, every time it would come on, he would, he would go with, you know, the little beat. And like, I used to try and do it with him in the car or whatever. So just cool memory right there coming with it, you know, just a mixed bag of, you know, what you could get with, you know, songs that bring up certain memories or like, if you were at the ballpark and you, you heard a super cool song that happened just before a player hit a grand slam or something, and that's the only grand slam you've ever seen. And that's the only reason you remember that song, you know, yeah. whatever things like that memories pop up uh, in your mind. And I was uh, just saying there, there's, there's a couple that I can think of. Uh, okay. I was, I was doing a broadcast just last week, in fact, and um, the venue I was at played um uh, Crank that by Soldier Boy, and I, hey. I immediately, immediately, I was like, "When did when did it become 2007 or something like that?" Like yeah. it, it flashed back to to middle school days when when that really was was out and popping, as the kids like to say. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there it's not one to me, but what you're describing there there is actually a song about it. Um, it's really? an older song. I want to say it's either Linda Ronstadt or Olivia Newton John. Uh, did a song called uh, Don't Play B-17 or something like that. It was like, please, Mr. Please, don't play B-17. 
that was uh, his song that was our song or something like that oh uh, yeah the, and that's on an an the old too. jukebox yeah like old old couples who had wedding songs or whatever mm. or, you know relationships where you called it yeah. your song and you know whatever anytime that turns on you hate to hear it man there there are actually numerous songs that do stuff like that talking about that when, um, when you hear a song and you think of a family member that's not with you anymore. Yeah. That, like, that's, that, like that was our jam and you don't listen to it anymore yeah. because they're not here or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's tough um, for me to listen to, to some of the, the music that I like just because I think of my granddad and, and yeah. obviously, you know, I, uh, he's, he's been gone now for over a year, but you know, it, it doesn't make it even with the time passing and, and hearing the song, it, it starts to, you know, you don't lose the memory, but it starts to become, you know, more of a, a sweet memory as opposed to one that still hurts. You know, it, yeah. it does hurt, but it, it is, you know, you think back on, on good times rather than how, how everything ended. So. Yeah. And a couple of more songs that, uh, that ring to me when I hear them, uh, one that I absolutely hated the first time that I heard it and I wanted it turned off immediately, but, slowly came to like it because it was played all the time at little parties that i went to because i have a country little friends that like this song mm -hmm. and uh you know so i just hear it all the time you know and you know i learned how to dance in college so i went and, you know i was dancing to it and you know you know hear it at parties and stuff it just ends up getting ingrained in your head and then you got friends that love it and end up singing it with them for god's sake the songs <laughs> you absolutely hate and want turned off immediately you sing and dance to it what's what's going on here and that's that's wagon wheel uh either version, oh yeah uh the the original one Rock uh, me, Mama like Show, a wagon wheel. or the darius rucker which uh only certain types of people like to hate on the darius rucker version we won't we won't point out who those are but they know who they are um but yeah so that that's one of those that you know, I used to want to just never hear any part of. And then next thing you know, years later, I'm arm in arm with a couple of friends. Rock me, mama, mama like a wagon wheel. And I just, I think of those times where we were arm in arm and, you know, shouting it. And also the time, you know, when I initially hated it, the first time I heard it, I was like, what is this absolute? I don't even Travesty. know what to call it. Yes. <laughs> like, what are you playing in this car as you take me this place? Oh, and uh, another song. Uh, lastly is dreams and nightmares it just it reminds me of the the times partying at commerce i didn't i didn't do a ton at commerce but you know when i popped out i popped out um but like it just when it came on at the function it was just hold up wait a minute and just so many people <laughs> would get crunk to it the same time i just remember being in just crowds of people just like that I have no idea absolutely who you are, but we're spitting bar for bar, dreams and nightmares, like, and it's it's just it's such a cool vibe, and it it, and it happens anytime it happens at some type of function, and that song comes on because it's just a hype song in general. And if you used to do it like back in its early days or in your college days, you know, you end up turn try to turn up like the same way that you used to back then and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Uh, it just reminds me of those those fun times we used to hold up wait a minute y'all thought i was finished when i bought that at the morning y'all thought it was finished. just going <laughs> crazy at parties it was just just fun times. so i appreciate that's another thing that makes me appreciate music so much is that memories can attach to it and you know that's not good, just songs that, yeah. yeah and not just songs that you can turn on on apple or like a theme song from from espn for me 
since I was in band, I get the extra advantage of having additional music memories and these just being yeah. from my musical experiences, just being in college and what it brings, uh, you know, playing, playing in college band and, you know, memories marching on the field as a high schooler, mm -hmm. making it to area and things like that and winning yeah. sweepstakes and uh, music's got a, got a lot of memories that tie to me. So even I now, I haven't been in choir, you know, obviously this we don't want to speak the number of years that we've been out of school now, Drew, because that's not a nice number that we want to talk about. But, you know, even now it's been that many years and every once in a while, a, pop, a song that will, that, you know, that we sung in choir will just pop in my head. And it's like, how in the world did I think of that out of all the, the songs I've ever heard? Why am I thinking of this song in particular? So, yeah. Cause I didn't like it back then. I still don't like it now. Right. <laughs> so I just think uh, just for what's on Drew's mind today, just wanted to pretty much share how incredible music is and all the memories yeah. that can attach to it uh, throughout your life. And uh, whether you just remember it day to day or it randomly comes on wherever you're at and you're like, Oh my God, is that, you know, whatever. And it brings yeah. up the memories. So just shouting out uh, music and, uh, everything surrounding it and the memories that that come with it that are good and bad and make us both better or teach us lessons that's Absolutely. what's on drew's mind today i love it man i, I think one more for old time's sake rock me mama like, like a wagon, a wagon wheel. Wheel. No, I'm <laughs> well hold up wait a minute oh my goodness well you know, we weren't rocked necessarily by the top of the WNBA draft board. Uh, no surprise with Aliyah Boston, who we, we figured ever since pretty much last season ended with South Carolina on top of the college basketball world. Don Staley winning her second national championship. And, you know, of course, with, uh, with Ryan Howard going to, you know, last year's draft and started looking ahead to this year, it was pretty obvious that Aliyah Boston was going to be number one taken overall and then when we found out that the indiana fever defied the odds and and won the lottery you know we put two and two together and it was a match made in heaven for Leah boston and the indiana fever we talk about the wnba draft that took place on monday night and drew i mean you know diamond miller Leah boston the first two picks didn't really surprise me maddie segrist i think you called this on monday morning you said maddie segrist future Dallas wing. And sure enough, with the third overall selection, she would indeed become a Dallas wing. I saw her mocked at, at either three or five, but both times to, to Dallas. I've, I'm glad they didn't, you know, give anybody the chance to snatch her off the board at, at, you know, at four in between their picks at three and five, but that didn't end up mattering drew because the wings trade back in and get that fourth overall selection, which ended up, becoming Stephanie Soares from Iowa State. So they went three picks back to back to back on Monday night. That was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened before. And Dallas has never traded uh, in the midst of the draft. So it's very interesting to see. And just their their picks in general it was uh, a little bit interesting, um, especially to add a, a center, you know, with that trade for um, Stephanie Soares from Iowa State. Add mm -hmm. a center to an already pretty crowded uh, painted area with your bigs for Dallas already. So I thought I didn't think center was going to be even something that was thought about for uh, the, the uh, 
the Dallas Wings in this draft. Uh, you know, yeah. coming into it, and you know what what they've said. You know, they needed shooting and defense, which they, which they did, and they and they do. Uh, they they added some shooting in the offseason with the player from uh, from overseas. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's she's apparently you know a sniper. And I still thought they were going to go for it in the draft because I mean, and, and I knew Maddie Seegers was going to be a Dallas Wings player. I mean, he got one of the most dynamic scores in there mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be available. You know, exactly. they got Enrique at five. I mean, Maddie Seegers the same. Uh, big volume score, putting up 29 a game. I mean, you're looking for scoring, you're looking for shooting. I mean, and you don't want to risk it not being there. Go ahead and get her a three. And she yeah. also has family ties to Greg. Like her, their dads are best friends or like went to college together. They're definitely good friends because, uh, you know, I saw that and, you know, the history with that. And that's, that's, I know it's, it's a, good partial reason why why you take maddie and maybe why they went ahead and went went with her at three instead of trying to do it uh at four with the pick trade or at five when they could have because they had rapport and you know just just family uh family recognition already so that's probably why maddie went three i think she she was going to be a dallas wing anyway yeah but i think that's why she went three instead of at four in the midst of the trade or at five but, you, you talk about a walk queer, uh, if I said that even remotely yes, correct. That okay, is correct. I thought so. Um, but yeah, um, so not not just that, but Soros, who's coming off that ACL tear and won't be available most, if not all, of this season. So she's not going to count as part of yeah. this roster. But, you know, is this even, something. Even as storage, though, BJ, I mean, we've, we have a lot of bigs. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's kind of. It, I don't know what's going to happen there just because like we've drafted these players over the years. And then, you know, Bella, Bella Allery was away for a year, then ended up quitting. Um, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Soros. Am I, am I saying that's going to happen there? No, not necessarily, but you know, you've already got a pretty sizable, uh, a, a room of bigs here, unless, you know, it's just, you just let the world know there that you don't have faith in Charlie Collier anymore and she won't be on your roster and you'll more than likely keep Kalani Brown until Soares gets healthy the next year. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe, maybe that's part of the plan. I I don't know what they're going to shuffle down there, but I mean, they've, they've obviously got an idea of what they, what they want to do with it. And then uh, Lou Lopez, uh, Chanel, Mm -hmm. if I'm I'm even saying that right. Yeah. Um, um, coming so. in with the, getting a getting a guard, I understand. You know we need guard depth, but you know you figured you would if there was a a defensive player or more point guardy like a Haley Jones, mm-hmm. you would have gotten them instead of a scorer like Lou Lopez. Yeah, you were uh, talking about them. wanting to get Jordan Horston, were you not? Yeah, it's Jordan Horston was on my radar, and yes, yeah, he's the type of defensive you know player that I was I'm mentioning right there, and. You know, yeah. she was projected to be one of the picks for Dallas, either three or five. And, you know, especially bringing that defensive presence, you know, as a guard, you know, her and, you know, VB defensive guards back there would be pretty nice. Um, you know, Horson's going to get to thrive in Seattle, though. So, I mean, big shots to her. But, yeah. you know, we thought, we'd have, thought we would have dived more into defense. It looks like it's mostly just shooting here with the uh, the selections here. And, uh, you know, I, I – I, I completely understand the Maddie pick. I mean, I think she'll mm-hmm. be handy in uh, the role you give her to just either be one of your best bench scorers, mm-hmm. 
or you know a get ready to shoot some corner threes and knock them down all the time girl yeah because you know the role is not going to be big no matter what it is unless she just destroys camp which i mean who knows she might because the way she scores but you know the the team needs some some perimeter defense and their best defender out there is vb you know there's you know the talk that diamond is an improved defender which she is I just think, you know, some some more help out there because, I mean, if she if her and VB are off the floor, I mean, where's your perimeter defense? Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I just I just worry about that around there. And, you know, Greg had said he doesn't believe that uh, he, he or he thinks that uh, all these players that they drafted are capable defenders. Capable, capable defender is a pretty loose term. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you didn't say they're a good defender. You didn't say. You know, they're a solid defender. Yeah. Say they were a great defender. So, I it's, mean, at it's best, not, they're all average. Yeah. Best. I was just saying that the focus was not defensively for, for the wings for sure. But I, I do want to point out, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but out of the four first round draft picks, which includes at 11, Abby Myers from Maryland, Soares was given the highest grade and the third highest of the class out of any uh, prospect that was, uh, you know, taken in that first round at, at a 96 overall grade. Uh, so really good value, even with the injury, you know, getting that trade and, and they must really like what they've seen from her. Otherwise they wouldn't have given up the, the first rounder next year and the second, uh, the year after that for her. Oh yeah. They're, they're banking on the, the future long-term development of her. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get it. It's just like, what pieces are you willing to shuffle to see if she's going to be a good WNBA player or not. Cause yeah. what are you going to be able to afford, you know, once that time comes when, when she comes back, cause next year it's just going to be like, okay, let's see what you got year. And then if she's good, uh, then you got to see if it continues to develop. Cause not everybody, not, not everybody continues after a good one first good year. year. Yeah. So like, you know, just an example. And if she hears this, she's just going to add this more to her list to not like me. Crystal Dangerfield had the rookie of the year in 2020 and then has had some trouble kind of being on a roster, you know, finding a landing spot, staying places and kind of being the version that she was in rookie year. You know, who knows if that's going to happen to a Soares at six, six yeah. with that size and that in the, in the shooting ability to be able to stretch the floor, you know, maybe she'll be super dynamic. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the wings, you know, the season pieces together for them and, and yeah. what, what, the roles are for the for the players on this team specifically like is vb gonna start at point guard or is it gonna be diamond and have her come off the bench um you know do they do they plan to sign saw two uh to a new contract after this year and her rookie contracts up yeah um so a lot of questions yeah and, and big t i mean she's back she got she did the re-signing i believe before the uh the draft yeah, I mean, definitely before the draft, but months ago. Yeah. Um, and and they really like her. Greg has always wanted uh, her since she she was coming out of uh, Mississippi State, and he's got her. He's probably not going to let her go. Um, well, but we'll we'll just see how it all pieces together. Who's who's left yeah. from camp, and things like that. I like some of these players. It's just a matter of will they kind of end up how some of the other players have in the past, like a Ty Harris, who could have been the point guard of the future for this team, but never really got a chance. Yeah. Um. And it and is now in Connecticut, or like you know Bella Allery, who was a 
a, a top seven pick, I believe number seven, and, you know, is no longer playing basketball, played like one good season with the Wings, uh, mm. took a break and then quit basketball. Uh, Chelsea Dungy, who was also a top pick in the lottery for the Dallas Wings, just played played the one season and, you know, is not even, you know, trying to be in the league anymore, just coaching now, uh, I believe, at Arkansas. So yeah. I just I just wonder, like, they have these long-term plans. And I know not everything always goes according to plan. But I just, I just don't want it to fall into a cycle of like these these careers for these players not getting to materialize because they're here specifically. Yes, yeah. you know over over the years Dallas has just gotten the reputation of becoming a developmental place. Like you develop here in Dallas, <laughs> and then you go off and be uh, good somewhere else. You know. Yeah. So like, I expect big things from Ty Harris in Connecticut this year. I think she's probably going to look great out there. So. Yeah. I just don't want to. Don't want the franchise to continue to be a developmental place to where they play a little bit for us. They're all right with us, but by the time they're done with us, they're the best version of themselves, or you know, just way better by the time we send them off, because we either got them too early or, or, or what have you. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes, how things shake out, and and what the team looks like. I hope 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 they look yeah. look good, and not to take away from the rest of this draft. Apologies. Yeah. Atlanta Dream had a good draft. Haley Jones at six is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then uh Leticia at eight. So yeah. uh Atlanta's loading up. They've got they've got a really good squad and they ended up getting uh uh blah blah blah. Zia Cook, I believe, right? I, I thought it was Zia, but yeah. Oh whoops. No, sorry. She went to LA. That's right, you're right, yeah. Who was the third player that Atlanta got that I liked? I don't remember. Uh, oh, one. Leah Brown. Think. It was Brown out of Michigan. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they've got some good depth now surrounding the pieces that they traded for. Yeah. Uh, in the offseason, like Alicia Gray. So, you know, if, once you once you sit Gray, or, or maybe maybe they start Haley Jones. I mean, the point guard because uh, Erica Wheeler's not there anymore. So, I don't know who the point would be starting. So it might be Haley Jones. The point could be you could be looking at Haley Jones, Ryan Howard. Alicia Gray, Cheyenne Parker, and uh, don't know who the other big would be, but I mean that's a that's a nice little lineup. And uh, you know, it's funny enough because I saw today that Simone Augustus had picked Atlanta as her championship pick, surprisingly enough. But uh, I just I want to see Atlanta in the playoffs this year. I think they will be. They barely missed it last I, year. I think they and will be too. I think the league's going to be a lot of fun this year. The Fever made good picks, of course. Aaliyah Boston, mm-hmm. uh, and then Grace Berger. And uh, and company uh, throughout this draft, Taylor Mikesell, Mikesell, yeah, yeah, and then Ladeja Williams at mm-hmm. LSU, and those are all in the first seventeen. So, a good young developmental squad. They might have a better young group uh, to bring up and develop than the Wings had, as far as yeah. pieces that might could work together better. Especially with Melissa Smith coming back for her second year and, and a lot yeah, of Yeah, after that AU season gonna mm-hmm. be pretty good this year. Kelsey yeah. Mitchell yeah. out there, man, pretty dynamic. It was fun to watch her in person. Um yeah. but yeah, a, a a good draft here. Um there were com- there were complaints about the draft show though. I did not watch the show this time, just kind of tuned into the pictures that came to my my phone. And, and, and uh, the updates on Twitter as they were posted through the draft, watching uh, some of my favorite uh, W reporters. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't see anything too out of mind from what I was able to watch. But... Well, the complaints were like the questions that Holly Rowe was asking. 
Mm. Um, the mispronunciations, excuse me, of players' names. Um, the way they kind of fast-forwarded through the second and third rounds uh, compared well, to the first. I was just say that that tends to happen though with those those later rounds, even with with other leagues drafts. You don't. It's nearly after the first round, the focus is not nearly as much on who's actually being drafted as much as kind of, you know, I mean, I get it if it. you want to do that just for our third round here, but I mean, there's a lot yeah. of, there's usually there's a, still lot a lot of good, good players in the first year. There, yeah. there were players still in the room waiting to be selected for, yeah, you know, at the early parts of the second round. Um, I, but, I get that. But, you know, there, there was a lot of, a lot of complaints about how it could have gone down. It was late starting. They were still talking about like NFL stuff and, uh, off-season things for the NFL coming in when they could have started the pregame show earlier or the pre-draft show earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. So, like I said, I didn't watch it, but this is just the things that I'm seeing and reading from, you know, W, w Twitter and, you know, the reporters yeah. that are around the league as well. So uh, there's a lot of things that ESPN could always do to fix their product because they don't really give as much of a rip about women's sports and they're not as dedicated to, to it as they are. Uh, as the they as they, they say they want to be at least because yeah, I mean, like, you see with the with the women's basketball tournament they had really good numbers I hope that that's a sign that hey people are interested people want to watch you should maybe pay more attention to it but yeah who knows so big winner and loser of the draft in your opinion Drew okay uh, Fever definitely won obviously mm-hmm. Aaliyah Boston's the icing on that cake but they still had yeah. a good draft overall um. I think the Lynx won as well because of their initial pick yeah. uh, with Diamond Miller to go out there and pair with uh, Nafisa Collier. Yeah. Um, and they also, they also have, I mean, they still need a point guard out there, but Diamond Miller, I mean, she, you knew she was going to be two this whole time. So, yeah. um, you know, a 6'3 guard out there is going to be able to, to do a lot of things for, for Cheryl Reeve and company. Yeah. Um. South Carolina having four players taken in the first. Couple oh, that's a rounds. winner. That's a winner yeah. for sure. That's a that's a W. I mean, uh, you Dawn Staley just can, Dawn Staley just continues to impress with what she's able to yeah. do out there and the type of player she's able to develop. Yeah, if you're if you're surprised by South Carolina getting that many picks, you just haven't paid attention really. Yeah. The last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, let's see another winner. I say Dallas won. I mean, they they got what they so needed too. in terms of shooting, and I think they have enough to do with whatever they need. It'll just you know stink when it time when it's time to cut players like who who uh, who we see it, uh, be be cut. Yeah, it'll be like Hunger Games with all the shooters. It said, "May the shots fall ever in your favor." Right, may they fall in your favor indeed. Camp has been a, a gauntlet for for Dallas Wings players for the past few yeah. years. This obviously, year like no you said, trend. Atlanta is a winner. Would you consider Seattle a winner with the Jordan Horston pick, or do you think that they're? I would that's... say yes and no. Yes, because with one of their few picks, they got a a clear W uh, mm-hmm. with someone that can develop out there alongside Jewel Lloyd. Yeah, uh, so that's going to be fun for them. Losers because they didn't get many picks and they lost a lot. Yeah. Um, with with Stewie leaving town and Sue Bird retiring, so I would consider yeah. them a loser. Um, but they had a win within this, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say also that the Mystics probably lost here because they traded away that top pick. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I mean, the Mystics didn't need a whole lot. Yeah, they, they they're already pretty yeah. pretty loaded, and I mean, they got it. They went and got somebody at twenty, and they got a future pick for next year, mm-hmm. or was it twenty twenty five? They got future picks in in, in the deals, so um, it'll benefit them when the uh, upcoming stat class comes through. But they, they've got a great great team already especially if edd is healthy they'll be contending for a championship yeah um another loser probably chicago just mm-hmm. because they didn't have a single first round pick and they but that's not get... what they want i mean remember what james wade said they they yeah would rather have the dollar as opposed to the four quarters well they can still be considered losers in this this scenario yeah. But I mean, like similar to Seattle with with their first pick, they got a good one. Uh, Kiana Trailer from Virginia Tech mm-hmm. at guard is going to be uh, solid off of the bench for them. I mean, they're pretty loaded at guard, so who knows what her role is going to be yeah. uh, for this year? So, but I mean, that's a solid player, and uh, it'll definitely work for them as far as depth purposes go uh, to be behind uh, Mabry and Courtney Williams. Uh, at guard but yeah and it's definitely a good place to to learn and become a better guard for right right a, a player in Mabry that's you know uh right around the corner from being an all-star and a couple of former ones in uh copper and uh williams there so yeah that'll, that'll be good for them uh those are probably it for my uh my winners and losers on that mm-hmm. side of things yeah. um did want to address the or just mention the the new media access rules for uh yeah. 2023 uh media not allowed back in the locker room um they the media this or the wnba this year uh intended to include an improved more efficient post-game interview format through which all players uh must be available to the media and the addition mm-hmm. of new required elements for the pre and game day shoot around yeah uh which players need to be available for now um uh, Recent seasons in-person Zoom post-game press conferences feature a team's head coach uh, and key players occurred at the same time as locker room access period for the media. The the availability periods will now run consecutively rather than concurrently, while interviews will no longer take place in the locker rooms beginning with the preseason this year. Following the conclusion of post-game press conference, any players requested by in-person media will be required to be available for interviews either in, in an interview room uh, outside the locker room or in a suitable alternate location arranged by the team. Yeah. Which makes um, sense. I mean, I, I, I get that there's, you know, a, a lot of, um, you know, media that may not be as happy about the locker room access, but I don't think this is taking away access. It's just taking it out of the locker room. If, if I'm, yeah. if I'm hearing that right. Yeah, it's mostly just taking it out of the locker room, which, which is fine for privacy purposes. You know? Yeah, it's fine, and that's the main reason. That's mainly what the players wanted—the privacy part of it. I, I did think it was a cool experience getting to, you know, go in the locker rooms at times that I did. You know, just because you know that's that's part of the experience. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that comes with media. So you know, when I went to the Mavs game when Dirk was still a Maverick, you know, I got to go in the locker room and you know see Dirk's locker and things like that. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm you know if I'm going nowadays, we don't get to breathe near the locker room, which I get yeah. it. But I never would have had those cool experiences had that always been something that's in place. So I'm thankful that I got to experience experience that both on the NBA and WNBA side. I feel bad for the for the youngsters coming up or anybody who's new to media who hasn't gotten to experience. You never probably will get to now. Uh, So 
that's the unfortunate side of it. But I get it. I mean, just do what the players want. They obviously were always visibly uh, annoyed when you were in there. Um, You know, they want to be able to shower and, you know, do their things as soon as the game is over after the the coach's speech or whatever, if they don't have to be available for us. And they don't want to have media just sitting there in the locker room while they have to, you know, dilly-dally on their phones just to pass time. And, you know, a lot of people don't get asked some stuff anyway. It's usually Mm -hmm. just maybe a couple of people in there, especially uh, in locker rooms where media is not as budding as others. So, I mean, maybe Dallas compared to a New York or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm fine with it. And and I've had my experiences in the locker room already with my interviews. So I, I, it's not something that I'm craving or anything like that at all. As long as as everybody is available or, you know, there's a designated area for that, as opposed to like taking away access entirely and having no place for it you know that that'd yeah. be more problematic yeah no way they end up doing that so mm-hmm. um they'll be, they'll be challenge Sorry, yeah go ahead. give me just a second they'll uh they'll be uh goodness what was they're gonna be buckling down on that this year and uh so pretty much if you want a guarantee with one of the players you just have to request it and it'll happen Mm-hmm. for you whether it's shoot around pregame or post uh says in addition the nba or the wnba is providing more opportunities for media coverage by adding new required elements during pregame and game day shoot around media sessions regarding pregame the joint in-person zoom sessions that previously featured a team's head coach will now include two players i really like this because yeah. i really like this and i and i also don't for some locations just because you know lack of media and the pregame stuff but I think this is good because, you know, we get to talk to some players as have the option to talk, you know, pregame uh, strategy with some players. Whereas we didn't really get that until maybe last year. We used to be able to, you know, be over at the tunnel and request them before they, they went inside after shoot around. Um, but now, you know, they're going to be, you know, at the table all the time for, for pregame stuff. And I think that's really good. Um and I, and I hope people are more regular with pregame attendance and not just postgame because, you know, sometimes yeah. there's there's been times where, where a Zoom starts where there's like four people sitting there and nobody asks anything. And that's that's some of the part that, that stinks about some of it. But, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they previously featured teams, head coach. Now they'll have two key players. Shoot around media sessions in addition to access for in-person media teams will now be required to also have two key players available via Zoom. I imagine teams are just going to keep uh, maybe – you know, if two players were requested, they'll just be like, all right, we'll send y'all to Zoom or something. I don't know. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll probably have an efficient system to where they just have somebody that was being talked to already just go ahead and go to Zoom. Or yeah. well, you can take help. somebody who's not being talked to and be like, all right, y'all go in there and do Zoom. So yeah, something will be happening like that. And, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not tripping about the, uh, the locker room stuff. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we still get our, our different avenues to be able to have access anyway and, and and if you still want somebody after a game like that you know like they said they're gonna be making a media room or a spot for you to do that for for all my media people yeah. that may or may not be watching or listening right now but yeah um wmba is getting a uh coach's challenge bj i'm i'm, I'm really happy yeah about this because i really want to see how it is utilized and if it's utilized properly mm-hmm. in this first year and 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 how it goes because you know we already have seen how bad you know officiating has been in the nba this year and you know there have been complaints over the years of 
officiating in, in multiple sports. You, need, you know, you get in almost every sport. You know, people don't like umps. People don't like NFL refs, NBA refs, WNBA refs, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but now, since the WNBA is getting this portion, you know, there's <laughs> sometimes there's just there's been times where, man, it's like I wish we could challenge it already uh, in the league just because I feel like we run into the, the thing with W refs uh, a lot sooner than the NBA refs. And that kind of trails back to when uh, when DT uh, told the one ref back in 2020 during the wobble that she'll see her in the lobby because they always just they had to stay in the same hotel. So, mm-hmm. you know, the bad calls against DT. She was like, I'll see you in the lobby. I'll see you in the lobby <laughs> in, in the most DT fashion. But but, yeah, um, I, I think it's great that the coaches challenge is coming in. Uh, it's just, they'll be allowed to challenge one play per game, regardless of whether or not the challenge is successful. Um, they announced uh, back in November. So this is the first time we're kind of really, really getting to talk about it here. And uh, it yeah. was brought up again by Kathy Engelbert uh, recently ahead of the draft. She likes to, to do things like that and pop up big news or remind you of things right before an important event or yeah. press conference <laughs> dropping news. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's another uh, rule change implemented it's to protect transition play uh per the new transition take foul rule when the when a defender fouls a player to stop a fast break the team that was fouled will be will be awarded a free throw any any player can shoot the free throw and the team will also get possession possession, following the attempt yeah in addition the defender who committed the foul will be issued a personal Purpose is to facilitate better flow and stop teams from deliberately fouling to end a fast break chance. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. I I don't have a problem with either one of those. I I think it, you know, I guess because it's being introduced, I think I'd like a little bit more to the challenge system. But you know, I I like if if you, you know, you have one per half, and if you are successful, then you get to earn, uh, you know, a second per half, essentially. And then that's that's the max. If if you're not successful, then you lose your challenge. But I get it. Baby steps, gradually introduce it, and then have it, you know, for those late situation moments that you really could use it or need it. So yes, indeed, I, I'm ready to to see to see how it goes down and what the first play is that gets challenged, um, <laughs> what type of play or whatever. But uh, yeah. I think it's going to be great for the league, and, and I think it'll be used quite often. And, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a, a good good uh, good addition here. Um, 40 games, so 40 chances to, to use a challenge. <laughs> yeah. For the, Until for the, the coaches. And then the postseason, yeah. Yeah, and, and your postseason. Uh, I don't think the rules will change any bit for, for the postseason. There's no – any additional details on that. Challenges will stay the same, I imagine. So Yeah. They cool. want to see how it plays out in the regular season before they oh, expand yeah. upon it. I think yeah. this is going to stay. I mean, this this isn't something I think there's that's going to be removed. I think no. it'll, it'll help the game. And if anything, we want the game a little bit extended for the WNBA because it seems like they go by pretty fast because they don't have near as long – the minutes aren't as long. Yeah. And uh, – I don't, I don't, I can't say for for halftime, but I know you know the quarter lengths are. are uh, I was gonna say, I think that I think halftime shorter too. Possibly, but yeah, you finish a double WNBA game and be on your way home in a couple hours. So mm-hmm. that's about how that goes. So, yeah. yep, that's uh, that's the gist of it for WNBA and NBA topics for today, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Quite a bit to run through, as you can see. We're 
we're uh, approaching quite a bit of time as yeah. we drift into with it or quit it. We're on the man behind the questions today. He's the man. He's the man. He's the man. And I almost forgot about my last question, but I had to put it on here and I hope I haven't used it before. Uh, if, if, if you've used it before, I probably wouldn't remember. I'll be honest. Probably not. Cause I'm the only one who's kept record of all the, all the questions I've been asking. I, I keep my last recent questions. I don't think I have a, a running tally or anything. Now, it's time to play with or quit it. I got five questions for you, BJ. You know what's up here. I know how it uh, works. Just let me know if you're you're with it. You're gonna quit it, man. All right, all right. You know, you know. Yeah, I'm with it with this game. Let's play. Cool. Bet. Let's do it. Number one. Restaurants will become more popular as fast food prices rise in the U.S. With it. Quit it. So you're talking about basically a sit-down restaurant as opposed to yes. Uh, so you'll see restaurant. more people going to eat restaurants as opposed to picking up fast food or picking up fast food or p- picking up restaurant food instead of picking up fast food. So I was to say, so the are price. are the restaurant prices also raising in this, or is it? I haven't different? seen the restaurant prices change much, so I'm saying no. Okay. All right. So if fast food is looking more and more like restaurants, fast food. Are, you know, price-wise at least, I think that more people are, are going to be inclined to go sit down and eat or at least get takeout from, from that place and take it home, which is basically what you're doing with fast food anyway. So, yeah, I'm with it. I think that, you know, you get a better quality of food and you get about the same price. Why not? Yeah, because, like, think about it. Door Would you rather have McDonald's days. or quality or, or a steakhouse if you're paying the same? Like, I know yeah. that that's kind of a, a little bit of an exaggeration but yeah and for things like delivery services or something if you're trying to get fast food like eat, like if you're doing doordash like yeah. and, and you don't have a dash pass or whatever i mean mm-hmm. like the fees are crazy then the yeah. delivery charges you're spending out the wazoo for like a few mcchickens fries and a sweet tea yeah um, I was just saying, compared to having a real nice meal at chili's or whatever yeah, if, you know? if you're if you're going if you're going to do that and want it delivered you might as well just go and Save yourself all the delivery fees. Yeah. Number two. In light of the new coaches challenge in the WNBA, I've got a question for you, BJ. Cheryl, do you believe that Cheryl Reeve will be the first coach to use the coaches challenge? With it or quit it? Man, let's, well, let me look at the schedule real quick because I want to see that opening weekend. Um, I feel, Drew, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say quit it. I think mm-hmm. that they're, well, okay, you know, Minnesota's gonna have Minnesota's gonna have that one of those games on that first day. But I I think that in a game like New York and Vegas that opening weekend, which holy cow, talk about a a season opening matchup that everybody's eyes should be on. Um, I think that one we could be the first would be the first that we'll see it this in the the season, especially have, with the stakes being as much this, as they would be. Is the schedule pulled up right now? I do. Yeah. Okay. So, what are the the first two games? Are the Minx are the Lynx the first game or the second game? Uh, the Lynx. It says still TBD uh, on Saturday, May thirteenth, because it's got the Canada game, but that you know that's in between a couple of preseason games. So I don't know. Let me. We'll make sure that this is 
still the right Let's weekend. See what we got here. That first weekend, you've got Connecticut and Indiana, the 6 p.m. game on the 19th. Okay, uh, so... At the same time as New York at D.C. Minnesota and the Sky play at 7 on the 19th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm saying, like, do they play... What is it, second now? Is that second? That would be third behind third. Connecticut, Indiana, and New York, Washington. So basically, do you think one of the four or five other coaches in those other two games and the one Cheryl's coaching against will use a challenge before her. I do. I do. Okay. So I'm going to say right. credit. Okay. And in fact, right. I think it's going to be the New York Washington game. Okay. Number three, sweet tea is just better than lemonade with it or quit it. Well, I like tea better than lemonade, but I, I'm one that is not a sweet tea drinker just because of how much sugar is in that. Uh, it's not as good for my, my palate. I don't like to have too sugary of a drink. So I'm, I'm going to say with it because, you know, just in general, but I do like both tea and lemonade. Okay. So I'll say with it. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was the one that I just kind of put together. That's fine. Uh, I don't you know if you've tell, asked that before. I don't think you had. I don't think I have. I think I did ask a lemonade question before. I think it was like pink lemonade versus regular before. Yeah. So sound that sounds right. That's close. Uh, number four. In the first forty game season of the WNBA, BJ. Mm-hmm. No team, no team, will win thirty or more games this season. That's including the powerhouse defending champs, Las Vegas Aces, the new super team in New York, and the Washington Mystics. With it or quit it. So basically what you're saying is that, you know, you nobody's gonna win thirty of forty. Last year the best record in the league was twenty six and ten. Both the Aces and the Sky mm-hmm. had that. So, you know, if they win each of their four remaining games I mean, Drew, going back, looking back at the standings, you, you know, I'd be hard pressed to find the last time that a team, if any, if ever, has won thirty games in a season. Well, that's you know, the you Lynx, can't, Lynx don't look at play. it like that because we barely had over thirty games know, in the past. So the teams would have to go like thirty and four, and that's just yeah. Not I was just say that you know the the Lynx came close in yeah, a few years back when they were twenty eight and six in twenty sixteen. But I'm, I'm going to agree. I don't think anybody will get to 30 this year. I think okay. that you'll you might be like a game or two off, like maybe 28 and 12, 29, 11. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to hit 30 that at least this season. So maybe in the future, but not this year. Okay. Okay. We it. shall see. If I had we'll to put my money on see. anybody, I would say New York. I think so too. New York or Vegas feels like the two most likely. Yeah, it's safe safe bets there probably. <laughs> I just worry about Vegas's health just yeah, because they injuries. used like the same six players most of the season last year and ran through yeah. to the finals. Will they be able to do that again this year using the same type of depth or not? Or will they have yeah. to go deeper in their bench no matter what? I was gonna say they, they in turn they would probably too. lose in turn they would lose more games if they go deeper into their bench probably. Yeah. They did add some more pieces to that those six yeah. so you'd expect them to to go a little bit deeper. Yeah, they got Candace Parker now, so I'm an Aces fan. <laughs> Number five. Number five. Only one top two seed 
will make the conference finals in the NBA playoffs. With it or quit it. Remember your matchups oh, here. Yeah, even, in, got... even, in, even in the first round. Lakers, Grizz. Grizz mm-hmm. could go home. Yeah. Uh, the Hawks, Hawks and, and the Celtics. Celtics. Yeah. I feel knows? a lot. I feel a lot better about that. If, if Miami had won that game, I knew that Miami would at least take them probably to the brink, really close. I think that would be a tough grind. No faith in no no faith in Trey Young, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, and John I, Collins. I didn't say that. or in Dejounte Murray. You didn't even mention him. I oh, didn't yeah. say that. I have no faith. I just don't know if I get got them in a seven game series as good as Boston's defense has been. I'm going to say quit it because I think both Milwaukee and Boston are going to advance in their series. I, I feel less confident about the Grizzlies and the Nuggets, even if matchups OKC. I think that, you know, the OKC can give them a competitive run. I think that Minnesota's probably get the better chance of knocking off Denver, but I think Denver will probably win against either one of those two teams. I think their, their real kryptonite that they would have had to worry about would have been the Lakers. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say quit it. I think I think we'll only see, at best, w- you know, one top two seed go down in the first round. I'm okay. looking at Memphis. Uh, it didn't have to be the first round just before the conference finals. Well, then you're talking about Boston over, you know, Philly. That Philly has proven that they can't get past Boston. You know, hey. maybe a Cleveland or New York against Milwaukee. I, I don't think so. I don't know, man. Um, so. You're saying only one, basically. Only is what one you're out of Nuggets, Grizz, Bucks, and uh, Celtics can make the conference finals. Well, I have neither in the West, but I have both Boston and Milwaukee in the East. So only got them facing each other. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got Suns and Lakers in the West, by the way. Okay. All right. Well, that's with it or quit it, BJ. That is, and that's the show. It is the show, and we ain't got nothing to remind you about because we already told you about it. <laughs> Thank goodness, because this is a long one. I was going to uh, say, this This is probably our most lengthy episode in a while, but without a few weeks there, we had to make up for it. So. Yeah, definitely in season three. I think this is probably the, the longest. But uh, Oh, we do have something to tell you. It's to follow us on social media. Go follow us at the underscore lowdown on TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We will be getting better even better at our social medias. We'll see some BJ already uh, mentioned it briefly earlier that you might be seeing some clips coming up soon. He mentioned the preseason awards. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Make sure you're following us on the account so you don't miss anything. Speaking of before the show started, I meant to tell you uh, sources are indicating that Mike Brown probably going to win coach of the year. Ooh, that's not surprising. Congrats to Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely, We'll definitely got to react to, uh, you know, some of our, our takes that aged well, some that maybe didn't, uh, you know, at some point here. So be on the lookout for that. And, you know, who knows? We might be having some more exclusive content potentially in the future as well, Drew. And want to make sure if you are one of our loyal subscribers over on Apple Podcasts that you get you know, maybe some more bonus content coming. Oh, yeah, special special uh, bonus episode coming out here pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that. We haven't had a guest in a while. So uh, keep an eye out for the uh, incoming guests and bonus episode. And if you are if you have not subscribed to us before, you get a free trial for a couple of weeks. So even if 
you know, you don't know whether you want to commit, but you still want to listen to this interview, you can use the free trial. Do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and support the lowdown. But that's it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you next time for another edition of the Lowdown Sports Show. Bada boom, bada bing. Peace.